Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Joan Pettit. And I'm Armando Luna. We're broadcasting from Portland, Oregon, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. This is the show where we bring you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. We cover bicycling, trains and transit, infrastructure, adventures. And today we talk with photographer Rue Albersures about bikes and media. Uh, welcome, Rue. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for joining Thanks. us. Thanks for joining Thanks us for in your me. car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me on um, here. Oh, so speaking of your car, I, 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 we were wondering. I don't know. I'm not really sure where you're located, like where you operate from now, because um, I'm sort of just jumping right in it. But uh, a lot of your information on on the web is is specifically northwest, but it's also Los Angeles. So. Yeah, I grew up in Los Angeles, and I go back pretty often, but I live in Vancouver. Okay, gotcha. So, this last summer, I started organizing uh, BIPOC mountain bike rides. I organized them along uh, with the help of uh, Will from BIPOC PNW. Yeah, I just wanted to, I've been kind of, uh, I was working with the nonprofit uh, Grow Cycling down in Los Angeles. Right before I moved back, I was going around doing interviews with uh, people of color that were out on the bike trails on their mountain bikes. And and then when I got up here, I there's a lot less people of color. So it made me want to start up some BIPOC group mountain bike rides. And I didn't see that anybody else was doing it. So uh I started doing that this last summer. Um, I can, I, I'm planning on starting that up soon, probably within the next few weeks again, and maybe doing like a, a few, uh, maybe overnight camping, like mountain biking trips or something with people so we can hang out and bring a grill make some tacos and, you know, yeah, have a good time. Aside from that, I'm also, I decided to start a digital magazine a couple of months ago. And I really like, I like talking to people. Um, as far as like myself personally, I, I mountain bike. I started learning how to surf when I was down in LA this last time. Uh, and I grew up like skateboarding. I, I snowboarded quite a bit for a while. And, um, you know, a lot of these are sports where I didn't see lots of people of color. So I, uh, wanted to use my talents, which I feel are, uh, media like photography and video and, um, just create content, like go out with, uh, BIPOC people and get really cool photos of them doing sports stuff. Um, because I felt like that, I felt that the, the media presence online for BIPOC people in the outdoors was pretty minimal. A lot of it to me just looked a little bit performative. So I wanted to create more authentic content. Yeah. Just get that out there for people to see. So. And Rue, you're, you're a certified instructor, a certified uh, bike instructor, correct? Yeah. Yes. This uh, past summer I got BICP certified Northwest Trail Alliance helped uh, sponsor me to get that certification. Can you talk a little bit about what that certification is? Like what that means? I got the level one certification. They have, I think it's three different levels, but level one is, uh, you know, we go and they teach us how to properly, um, instruct people like, I guess, progress ladder for people. 
you know, and spend, you know, sometimes some of the instructors do like a one day clinic or it might be like a weekend clinic and you learn how to, how to teach people how to corner, how to climb uphill on their bike, how to get off their bike on, on the uphill, how to, uh, get off their bike when they're going downhill and they encounter something that they can't roll over or things like that. Uh, and, uh, it also certifies us to go out and do group rides. So that way, if I go out and do, uh, any big, uh, group rides, I can get insurance since I'm an instructor and I'm certified on that. So, and we also like, uh, you have to be, you have to get like your first aid training and stuff like that, just in case anybody has an accident. So, yeah, I just learned about that, uh, relatively recently about leading rides and, um, being insured if you're a, a ride leader like on an unofficial ride. Yeah. Um, I learned that from someone else uh, that I spoke to. So that was like, Oh, okay. Cause I, th- you know, cause I think of Petapalooza and, and the ride leaders, you know, the social rides and ride leaders. And it's like, Hmm, how does that work? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. 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 No, it's good to be insured in case somebody gets hurt and wants to try to see you, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I used to, right after college, I, uh, worked in outdoor recreation and I uh, at a, in Western North Carolina and I became a whitewater, uh, kayak instructor. And there's a, there's a governing body and you can, and you get your certification through them. And then if you want to teach privately, you can get insurance through them. Right. So it's the same, I guess it's the same kind of thing. And I was mm-hmm. working for this company, so I didn't need to do that, but yeah, that's, that can be a really important thing to have. So, so it's yeah. kind of the like credentialing agency or credentialing process for being able to do that. Yes. Sounds like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, congratulations on getting that certification. It sounds like that will open up some opportunities for you. Yeah, no, thanks. Yeah. We have our first clinic coming up uh, later this month. I'm excited to get out there and uh, help get some kids on bikes. Aw. <laughs> And you put it that way, that sounds even nicer. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. So what um what age kids will you be working with? I think it's from like seven or eight years and through like preteen. Like I think it's supposed to be young kids for this one. I, I think that'll be a lot of fun. Uh I'm excited. I, I like being around kids. Uh I taught my own kids how to ride bikes. So um yeah. And that worked out okay teaching your own kids. Yeah. Yeah. It worked out. Okay. Both of them raced downhill mountain biking. And, um, I think for like a year or two, my, my oldest, uh, he raced pro. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, as a parent, I was here, you know, don't, don't teach your own kids, get somebody else to teach them because it's just, (laughs) you know, it's just too much of a hassle or they don't listen or you don't think they're listening. And, you know, so I, I mean, my, my, my children ride urban. And so we've always had them had the classes, um, yeah. you know, the urban classes on how to ride a bike in the city, things like that. And then my son started mountain biking uh, and he was, he was with NICA. So, uh, you know, he got to go through NICA and go somewhat through their, their training in their classes. So I haven't had to teach him and it's my, his mom rides too. But so I'm sure his mom has taught him some things too, probably way more than I have taught him mountain biking. Yeah. I met your son, right. At the last ride uh-huh. the, that yeah. I went, that I saw you at. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, it was fun. I mean, I th- I feel like my kids and I were kind of learning together. Uh, they were younger, so I'm sure that they thought that I was way better than they were when I was like learning at the same <laughs> same pace, you know. So you are way better. Yeah. 
You're always 12, be way better. 15. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have no memory of when my kids learned to ride bikes. That's really strange. Like I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember that. But I do have a memory of last summer when my older kid, uh, who who was eighteen, he's nineteen now, was uh, commuting home by bike for the first time, like at night. And I am not a like worrying kind of parent, but like knowing that he was riding his bike home at night at like 11 o'clock after his job, I was so stressed. I was <laughs> like... <laughs> but that was more about uh, the folks in cars, not, not about his, his skills. Uh, yeah. And how did you, so did you grow up doing lots of stuff in the outdoors then? How did you... I didn't particularly grow up doing a lot of outdoors things. I grew up in Inglewood, California. I used to skate around my neighborhood with some friends. Mostly I played soccer. Maybe a handful of times that I remember with my family, we went out camping. And I know my dad had a couple of friends from work that rode dirt bikes. And a couple of times we went out to some OHV park in Southern California with them. And that was fun. Um, but yeah, I didn't really start doing a lot of outdoor stuff until I got older. Um, I had a friend introduce me to mountain biking after I, after he saw I was commuting on by bike to work. Yeah. I started going snowboarding by myself, surfing. I just kind of like decided to try it out two years ago. I was like, Hey, I'm 41. Maybe it's a good time for me to like try to learn how to surf and it's <laughs> compared it's funny because like compared to being out in the woods and mountain biking is so much more intimidating than anything else that I'd done before being in the ocean is just like a you know you're in a completely different environment and uh there are no, there are no sharks in the woods you know there's... yeah there's no sharks in the woods and <laughs> if I knock myself out I'm not gonna drown you know <laughs> so Definitely good for you, though. I think I think it's good. Um, I mean, I think a lot of us start sports as adults uh, and don't always talk about how that's a really different thing to be starting something than to be like, you know, like your kids, right? Where they're growing up more exposed to this kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah, yeah. My kids definitely grow up uh, exposed to mountain biking, hiking. My youngest doesn't really ride bikes too much anymore. He got into mountain or uh, rock climbing a lot the last few years and then my oldest kind of stopped for a few years riding bikes and he's just now getting back into it and when I was down in LA um, they would come to visit me and go out surfing with me and you know I'd get a little bit irritated because they'd pick it up right away and you know here I am like going a few times a week trying to get the hang of it and you know but it was it was cool. I mean, they, yeah, they they're definitely pretty outdoorsy. So they they love going hiking pretty regularly. So, so Rue, how did all these um, outdoor activities move into photography, or were were you already doing photography? So I started doing photography just kind of on my own. I always uh, I always did like taking pictures, but I never I was never really serious about it. And when my kids started racing bikes a lot more seriously. I started bringing my camera to the bike events and uh, I would just shoot for fun at first. But once I got better at it, I just, 
you know, set up a website and a web store and I would upload the photos from the event, made some business cards. I hand them out to everybody and, uh, I'd hang out on the racetrack, uh, taking photos while, you know, everybody was doing their practice, their practice runs and then their race runs. And, uh, you know, eventually it made me enough to like offset the cost of the weekend, like paying the race entry fees and lodging and food while, while we were over at the different races around the Northwest. So yeah, that's kind of how I got into shooting the sports side of things. And, um, definitely being a mountain biker helped with my eye for, you know, what looks good in, on, in images. So, yeah. Do you mean specifically of images of mountain biking or do you just mean you think it helps you have a better eye for photography in general? Um, it helps me have a better eye for being in the right spot for sports photography, uh, for like the action shots on my own. I always really like portrait work. So I start, you know, I study that as well. And like, uh, I love taking portraits of people like out in their environment, like out in the woods or, you know, in a warehouse, if, you know, they, they do some kind of work with their hands in a warehouse, like in a wood shop or something like that. Um, out at the beach. Um, uh, yeah, it's not surprising to see me carrying around a giant camera bag and like a light stand and softbox and stuff like that. So I can like set up anywhere. I, I used to practice going out doing street photography and just stopping random people on the street and ask them if I could shoot their portrait because I like their look. And, uh, yeah, uh, definitely gave me some good practice at that. So, do any of you guys do photography? Only for fun. I, 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 I see, <laughs> I see it. You know, I, I, I post a lot of images to Instagram and it's fun for me. And I, I know they're not perfect. And, you know, I try to, I try to do it to, you know, portray a glimpse of what's happening in that moment. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's not too serious. And I don't want to, I don't want to ever take it too serious. You know, I just want to, I don't know. I just want to have fun with it. I know if I start taking it too seriously, I, I won't enjoy it anymore. So. I don't yeah. care if it's crooked or maybe out of focus or, you know, yeah. just, I just want to, I just want to show the fun in it. So yeah, I, no, I don't know. That's good. I mean, that's, that's what snapshots are kind of meant to be is just, you know, capturing the, those moments. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same as Armando. I just have, I, I use my phone and try to, you know, just take pictures for, I don't know, because my pets are making me laugh or something like that. But uh, How do you, I, I'm, I'm interested. I know there might be some photographers who are listening who'd be interested to know. I can't geek out with you on this at all, but like what kind of camera you're using? What kind of um, little shop talk there? Um, I have a, I mostly use a Canon uh, EOS R6. And then I also have a Canon EOS R. Um, mirrorless full frame cameras. Um, I started off shooting Nikon, but, uh, the video capability wasn't as good. And when I started getting more into video as well, I just needed to switch some, to something that just made more sense. So I've been, I think I'm like going on two years with Canon and I use my phone a lot. I feel like most of the newer phones have pretty awesome cameras on them. So yeah, I was yeah. going to ask. So you do end up using your, especially for some more, if you're still doing more spontaneous things, right? You're not always necessarily ready with all your equipment. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely pull my phone out pretty often and pull the camera out. So uh, I definitely, if it's something that I really want to put a lot of thought into, and uh, um, I'd rather take the time to set it up and like use my real camera. But uh, uh, yeah, phone. I mean, if you know how to use a camera, I mean, phones pretty easily accessible. So. So that so brings us sort of to your most recent project is Warpaint. So t- talk a little bit more about Warpaint. Um, so with Warpaint, I just uh, would I see the lack of uh, media representation of BIPOC that are doing outdoors things, um, specifically like the outdoor sports that have a higher cost of entry to get into, like mountain biking. Um, you know, surfing, snowboarding, things like that. Uh, and I wanted to, you know, give people the experience of having a photo shoot, you know, getting, trying, you know, trying to get awesome images of them doing their sport that they love and, uh, getting them some good portraits, um, sharing their story and just, uh, um, getting content like that out on the internet. I, for now, I'm doing it digitally. Once I get enough support, uh, I would like to maybe do like a print print copy twice a year or something like that, just so that people have something tangible on paper that they can hold and look at. And, you know, especially if they're, uh, you know, helping me create these awesome images, have something that they can keep on their bookshelf to look at years from now. I feel like as a photographer, that's definitely one of the things that uh, excites me is... Uh, you know, helping somebody create something that they're going to look at later and be like, wow, like I remember this. And, um, you know, with, with portrait photography and like sports photography, I feel like a lot of it is about the experience and, um, the experience that I end up having with like whoever's my subject. And with portrait photography, usually people are just like, Oh, you know, and I feel like a lot of portrait photographers probably have heard this, you know, everybody's just like, Hey, just so you know, I'm like the least photogenic person in the world before we get started. So these are probably going to be terrible. I'm like, okay, don't worry about it. And you know, it's kind of like a, like a puzzle. Like I'm trying to like get them to like let their guard down so I can get some authentic photos of them. And you know, people end up uh, hopefully loving them and 10 years from now they can look at it and remember having the photo shoot and whatever we talked about. And so but yeah, I, as far as warping, I, I want to create that for the athletes and like, or the organizers. Um, I also want, you know, want people to see the, the people out there doing the work to organize things to help diversify the outdoors, educate, you know, out, either outdoor education or putting on outings to like, or instructions to like get out there and like show people how to enjoy the outdoors. I wanted to ask about uh, one of the pictures that you have featured on uh, the Warpaint Instagram account is just this amazing photograph of uh, Jessa with a surfboard. And it's just, I mean, we'll, we'll link to it in our show notes, but it looks like she's in in like some sort of tide pool there are all these rocks and she's got her surfboard right behind her and then the sky is anyway can you just talk a little bit about uh jessa and how this came together because it's a it's that's a very 
I can see why you want something like that to be a print and not just ephemeral. It's, it's a gorgeous picture. Um, and she, yeah. And she's got this, uh, I don't know. She just like her wetsuit almost looks like the clouds. Just the whole thing is amazing. Yeah. She was, she was, uh, she had on this like custom made wetsuit that was, uh, these awesome colors that, just kind of went with the sky and uh we were out i believe that photo was i think we were in malibu and there was just like a long rocky section on the beach that had these little tide pools in it that you had to walk across to get into the water and yeah i just we were out there trying to get some portraits i want to say that was her little birthday surf party at the beach yeah, I just saw the tide pools. I saw the reflections, and I was just like, okay. I was like, uh, I'm going to have you drive the surfboard out here to the middle of these little tide pools. Uh, just stand there, and uh, we set it up. And I did a couple, I usually do like a couple of test shots and then show the people so that they get excited about what I'm trying. They can get an idea of what I'm trying to create. And um, yeah, she was really excited about it. And uh, we, we, took a, we took a few uh, really good shots like that out there. Um, so. Yeah, yeah, it it was uh I didn't even know the beach was like that when I was heading there, so it was it was nice to have that in the foreground like all the rocks and stuff and the little tide pools and you know her pink bright pink surfboard kind of just went with everything, so yeah. And that's definitely something like yeah, that like how you said I I would want to see I'm sure she would want to see a print of that in a magazine as well, like you don't see a lot of stuff like that. So what, what was her reaction when we saw, when she saw this photo, when you were done with it? Oh, she was, she was super stoked about the photo. She's yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was stoked with how it turned out. I, I like, I like when I go shoot stuff like that or that wasn't my intention, but you know, it just happened to, you know, perfect, perfect landscape, her wetsuit, the surfboard, like everything just kind of came together. There's water in there nice little reflections. It was awesome. So. Yeah. And I, and, and when you said, right, cause you usually would not be in a tide pool with your surfboard. So you look at this picture and it just looks <laughs> so beautiful. But when you mentioned it, 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 it it's gotta feel if a little bit awkward and I'm sure people who are models are used to this sort of thing. Right. But like it, it, it's, you know, here's this vision that you're working towards. And yet then they're doing this awkward thing of like stepping carefully through a tide pool with the surfboard and standing, you know, so it's that the way that you sort of set things up is, is pretty different than this beautiful picture with all these amazing colors and textures and things going on. And yet here you, I'm going to guess it's a little awkward sort of walking out and trying not to slip on the rocks to get there. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) I mean, she was, you know, I was just like, Hey, come over here. I want to do a photo here. And she's like, what? I'm like, yeah, come on, like, let's do one. And then I'll show you what I'm trying to kind of capture. And then, you know, I'm like, trust me, you'll be excited about it. And so, yeah, I know sometimes I guess like when you're an artist, things might sound a little crazy, but then people see the end result and it's like, Oh, okay. That's pretty, pretty awesome. And, and I mean, for me, it's, it's kind of cool. You know, I feel like that was pretty outside the box. Like you said, for a surf portrait, 
So instead of being on the sand, we were in the rocks and the tide pool. But I feel like it worked really well. Yeah, I agree. It's great. It's a great photo. Yeah, thanks. So, yeah, hopefully I can uh, go out and create some other awesome portraits like that. The the one story that I put up, one of the stories that I put up today with Jeremy, I shared one of his portraits last week, kind of leading up to today. I'm trying to, like, release at least two stories every on every month on the first. So, um, but with him, we were out at, in, we were in Oregon at Sandy Ridge, and yeah, I was just walking around trying to find a spot to do his portrait, and he's got short dreads, and yeah, I got, I saw a perfect opening through the trees, like this big down tree that he could sit on and lots of moss on the tree and ferns and stuff. The sun was like coming perfectly dead center through this, uh, um, kind of like opening in the trees, had him sit down. It was perfectly lighting up the back of his head. His dreads are all, you can see, see right through them. They're all backlit. And I had a light with me and, a little bit of light on him. I mean, I was actually pretty excited about those. I'll have to share those with you guys, but yeah. And cool. I showed it to him. He was the same. He's just like, Oh, just sit here on the stump. I was like, yeah. And yeah, once I, I took a couple of, uh, I got my lighting set up and everything and showed him one of the test shots. And he was just like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, it's exciting. I think when somebody's not used to seeing themselves that way. So like you, I did that with you, right, Armando? You didn't I think want so. to, you, Yeah, you didn't want me to take your photo <laughs> at the at that ride at that ride. <laughs> I was just being goofy. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I, I think I was muddy, and I I actually wanted the the photo of the mud on me. <laughs> One of the best things I ever did for my friendship with Armando was ask him not to post candids of me. <laughs> He's just always taking photos. And I have to clear them. Yeah, I have to clear them first. Super self conscious, but sometimes I was just like, okay, just. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I have that a lot with a lot of my family because they feel like (laughs) I'm always ready to like snap photos of them doing goofy stuff and looking crazy. And they're, yeah, they get upset. They're like, stop posting this stuff. I'm like, it's just social media. Come on. You're having a good time. So, Ru, you mentioned uh, you mentioned about cameras having uh, being better taking video. What are what are your plans for video? Do you have plans for video? Um, I do have plans for video. I already started working on a couple of projects, which I kind of don't want to give away, but they're definitely, uh, yeah, just. Uh, a lot of the same, like, um, instead of, uh, you know, shooting photos, I just want to do like little mini, mini, uh, video bios or, uh, documentaries with people. Um, I mean, it's a lot more work, uh, definitely. Like if, if I'm shooting video versus photos, um, I, I, I feel like the photography side comes to me a lot easier and, um, I'm a lot quicker about it. Video requires a lot more time. So, um, but the people that, uh, I'm able to do that with, I, I, I want to tell their stories that way this weekend. I might, if weather permits, I'm trying to get out to the coast to go shoot some surfing with a friend of mine. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I, I want to do that with all kinds of sports and outdoor stuff. I mean, even hiking and 
uh, uh, rock climbing and stuff like that. Uh, I feel like that would be awesome challenge to go out and shoot just to highlight people. And, uh, you know, I feel like, I feel like it's definitely a little bit more personal if you're, people are hearing the person talking and telling their story versus, you know, just reading their words on paper, on paper or on, on a webpage. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I want to do with that. Yeah. And, and because for, for the photos you have on war paint, they have these, there's a lot of text that you have too. I mean, you've got a lot. So you, so you're doing a lot of writing and editing and all sorts of stuff with this. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then the video is just a whole nother level then, I guess. Yeah. I mean, for now, for, for now, since I just started it, I kind of, I kind of, I feel like I kept sitting on it and like pushing it and pushing it back. And, uh, um, it was just a lot easier for me to get started with the photos and words, but I already had like a couple of video projects in, in the background. So I do ultimately kind of want to steer it a little bit. Uh, more towards that but like I said I mean I, I do I, I I would like to get to the point where I can like have people help me out and uh, throw this on both sides of the spectrum like photos and video I just enjoy telling people stories and sharing and sitting down and talking with them and you know hearing about their their experiences uh, one of the one of the things that I want to focus on with war paint is allowing people to share their positive and negative experiences because a lot of us have that. And my, my way of thinking is that, you know, to heal from racism or from anything, you have to acknowledge the good and the bad side of things. And, you know, some of the, some, some people's stories that I've heard, I mean, I'm sure they would make people uncomfortable, but I feel like it's in a good way. Like it'll lead to, some growth. Um, some people need to realize that it's not always, uh, positive when you're out doing, you know, these things that in an environment that's not super welcoming and, um, you know, things happen and they shouldn't happen. Everybody should be inviting and and welcoming, but that's not always the case. And I feel like if, if more people get made aware of some of the things that, uh, BIPOC people have to deal with, it'll ultimately help get the ball rolling to, you know, lead to some change. So we, since we brought up the topic of video, I'm going to ask you just to talk a little bit. I don't want you to spill any beans, but uh, I know you've had yeah. a recent experience with uh, uh, Film by Bike, the Film by Bike program here in Portland. And yeah. just if you can just talk a little bit about your involvement in that and how was it? Um, it was really awesome. Yeah, you recommended me for that they reached out and i found out what it was about and it was it was pretty fun we we got together in like a theater they had a theater room set up and basically people all over the place submit uh videos like short short films that have to do with the the bike community and we got to sit and uh, i think we watched i want to say it was like 15 videos while we were there, um, Jeremy was there with me, one of the, the cyclocross racer guy. And, uh, yeah, we watched a bunch of cool videos and rated them one to 10 scale and talked about them afterwards. And, uh, it was, it was, it was really cool. 
um, I'm glad that that series has been going on as long as it has. And uh, um, they're uh, definitely like doing their part to kind of help. They have some grants for BIPOC filmmakers to, to get a little bit more involved, to get a little bit of help. And uh, it was really cool. It was a really cool experience. I, I hope I can uh, in the future do a little bit more or, sub- or have some submissions for them. So, yeah. Yeah, I saw their, um, their, you know, they posted their Instagram post for wanting jurors. And I totally thought of you. I'm like, oh, t- t- totally would recommend you being a juror for a film by bike. So that was good. I'm glad that I'm glad that worked out. I'm glad uh, Jeremy was there too. Um, yeah. It was really cool seeing those photos. Yeah, no, it was, it was really cool. So it was, it was a cool experience. And uh, yeah, hopefully next year it can be the full experience because because of COVID, it was a little bit limited. So, but yeah, hopefully by next year uh, they can do the whole full blown film by bike party weekend. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, we're wrapping up at the end of our time. Is there anything you'd anything you'd like the listeners to know that we haven't talked about already, or anything else you want to add? Oh man, I don't know. You're like putting me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I guess just for people to it'd be you know for people to support uh, if if it's within your means support some of the organizations that are out there trying to get people who are limited on resources out, you know, uh, mountain biking, climbing, snowboarding, surfing, like, you know, you have old gear laying around there's a lot of these organizations out there that could use that to get people out, try something new that might, you know, change their life. Uh, I know, uh, it sounds cheesy, but you know, sports like these i mean they're kind of lifestyle sports and uh help people enjoy the outdoors like in a whole new way that they might not have ever had the chance to experience so i'd like to encourage people to do that great well thank you Ruth. thank you for joining us tonight and we will yeah, no, uh, make thanks. and we will make sure to share uh links to um to war paint and your instagram account so people can find your work as well yeah thank you thank you appreciate that yeah hopefully i'll see you out there soon on the bike armando all right what a good guy what and what interesting work he's doing what can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike i like my bike it's fast i like my bike it's fast i like my bike it's fast it circles around the city lights So I do want to mention a great Instagram post that the brown bike girl, Courtney, did. And it includes a reference to the Sparkle podcast and to you specifically, Armando. uh, But that's not even want to highlight it. I want to highlight it because she, uh, for Black History Month, did a roundup of seven BIPOC bike content creators to follow for a fresh perspective on cycling. Uh, So we'll put the link to this in our show notes. There were some folks on here who I was already following and and some folks that I didn't know about, but if folks are looking for good and interesting new uh, people to follow who are uh, folks of color doing stuff that has to do with bikes, uh, this is a great, a great account to look at. Some of these people are doing like, podcasts and videos and all sorts of things. So uh, we appreciate Courtney including us, but also just appreciate her doing this. It was really nice to see. 
Yeah, she's doing lots of work, so that was awesome. Yeah, she she really is. It seems to me like she's working really hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's got all sorts of classes going on and all sorts of good stuff. So we will link to that in the show notes, and people can go check that out and maybe find some some uh, new accounts to follow. And this actually goes along really well with the conversation we just had with Rue about the kind of uh, the kind of athletes that he is highlighting in his photography. Thanks so much to folks for listening. The Sprocket Podcast is produced in Portland, Oregon. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review and tell your friends about us. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text to 503-847-9774. Twitter and Instagram at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Hurtbird for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to the generous support of our Patreon supporters and listeners. Shadowfoot, Wayne Norman, Richard Wazenski. Tim Mooney, Glenn Kubish, Eric Weiss, Cameron Lean. Doug Cohen-Miller, Chris Smith, Caleb Jenkinson, J.P. Cutley. Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom. Anna, Richard G., Campsite. Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of The Regrainery. Jeremy Kitchen, Mr. T, Harry Hugel, E.J. Finneran. Brad Hipwell, Keith Hutchinson, Ryan Tam, Jason Oftenberg. Andre Johnson, Gregory Braithwaite. Chris Barron, Dennis O'Brien, Sean Baird. Dude Luna, Emma oh, Rooks. <laughs> uh, Lillian Karabayek. Spartandale, Philip M., Bike Initiative, Keweenaw. Adam D., Go Dig a Hole, Beth Hammond, Greg Murphy. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Got three straw. Myra Martinez. Also, Byron Patterson. Mac Nurse David, Kirsten Graham, Aaron G. Rachel Moline, Jonathan Lee, Ami Romani. And thanks to our newest sponsors. Damiana Day and Alan Kessler. And thanks as well to all our former supporters who helped us along the way. Now brush your teeth. And go to bed.